Hello, and welcome to the Bamboo Lab Podcast with your host, Peak Performance Coach, Brian Bosley. Are you stuck on the hamster wheel of life, spinning and spinning, but not really moving forward? Are you ready to jump off and soar? Are you finally ready to sculpt your life? If so, you've landed in the right place. This podcast is created and broadcast just for you. All of you strivers, thrivers, and survivors out there. If you'd like to learn more about Brian and the Bamboo Lab, feel free to reach out to explore your true peak level at www.bamboolab3.com. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Bamboo Lab Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brian Bosley. And before we get started with our amazing guest, I want to read a quick heart letter that came out. The last episode that I did, um, the most previous one, uh, who, do, who are you and who do you want to become? We got a lot of really powerful feedback from the audience members. One of them was just a real quickly, it said, it was very powerful podcast, man. It's exactly what I'm walking through as well. I appreciate you, sir. Thank you for that. Um, this episode is actually dedicated to an amazing woman who we lost this week, uh, Karen Maples, to uh, Sandy and uh, her family. We want to just say we love you all very much and Godspeed to your grandmother on her journey onward. Rest in peace. All right. Today we have a really fun guest. She's a little nervous, so we got to kind of ease her into this. We have Mrs. Becky Wig on the podcast. So <laughs> Becky has been a friend of mine for, I don't know, it seems like a lifetime, 30-some years. We met in college. Uh, her husband and I were roommates. We played rugby together, and I'm actually staying in their home. They welcome me in their home so often, and they live uh, in Hastings, Michigan. Right across the street from Algonquin Lake, we just took a little uh, ride on her pontoon boat. Yeah, the barge. The barge, the party barge this morning. So I've been wanting to have her on the podcast for a while. Becky has been an educator for 32 years, and she currently is a middle school educator in Hastings, Michigan. And I just am, I'm so uh, impressed by so many teachers out there and what they've gone through, especially since COVID and all the, you know, the changes we've had in our educational system lately. So I've been asking her to come on here for the last few months, and uh, we finally got her on. So we're going to turn it over to her, and she's going to run the entire podcast on her own today. So, huh. <laughs> All right. Well, Becky, welcome to the Bamboo Lab podcast, my friend. Thank you for having me. We I'm have not- had a good three days. I've been out here um, with the Wig family since, what, Thursday? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, probably yes. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday I got here. Actually, Wednesday I got here. Was it Wednesday? Yeah. So they welcomed me into their home. So I'm going to be leaving today for a few days, and I'll be coming back probably in a few days to spend more time with them if they'll have me. We always do. Hey, no. All right. <laughs> Let's get started with some questions here. Now, Becky's a, a kind of a nerd, so she got these questions, and she actually has them all written down, organized, uh, completely unlike me. I would just wing it. Yeah, I wouldn't call it organized. Ooh, and she makes really good coffee, too. That I do. All right. So, Becky, I know a lot about you, but can you please share with the Bamboo Lab Pack who you are, where you came from, where you grew up? Just give us a little nickel version. Well, I actually was born in Illinois, and my parents moved to Michigan when I was two years old, and we've been in Michigan ever since. Um, We've been a family that's been deep into education and educators. My dad was a elementary principal for several years. My brother is also an elementary principal currently within the district that I teach in. Um, My sister-in-law is also in education. I think the only one that escaped education was my oldest brother, who's in um, the business sector. 
I have two older brothers and I'm the youngest and pretty much was brought up to be like the third brother. Um, wasn't any kind of daddy's girl or baby along the way, that's for sure. Um, and that's pretty much about it. I mean, I pretty I had a good childhood, um, you know, no childhood trauma or anything like that. Just probably an ordinary kid. And I think one thing I can say was when I went to college, I was not going to be an educator. Um, my dad, who passed away about a year and a half ago, was the one who convinced me that being an educator would probably be a really good idea since um, you'd have more time with family in the summers and you would be able to really get to kids. Um, I had wanted to be a juvenile probation officer at first, and my dad had some good advice and said, you don't want to do that. You're going to try to save all of them, and you can't, so why not be an educator and save some? So that made some good sense to me. So here I am as a middle school teacher, and I've I've loved it. Well, tell us about your kids. One my own kids? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have two children. My husband, Todd, and I have two kids. One is 26, and he was in the Marine Corps and got out of the Marine Corps after four years of serving uh, last October. And he is now working here um, in Hastings, where I teach. Our daughter is 23 years old. She is going to be graduating from Aquinas College in Grand Rapids. Uh, she's also going into education. Um, considered uh, that to be a good course for her career, uh, even with the way education has changed over the last several years, she still decided that she wanted to do that. So uh, we're pretty proud of her. She was a basketball player as well and played for Aquinas College for four years. And we're kind of sad we don't get to watch her play anymore because she's done. So yeah, you got great kids. Um, you're a bit of a tomboy, wouldn't you say? Yes, very much. A I don't look like a tomboy, but I definitely act like one. <laughs> you definitely do. You fit in well with us guys, that's for sure. So, became an educator. Your dad's kind of kind of propagated that. But who was your inspiration growing up, or what? Maybe it was a book, a person. Um, probably my biggest inspiration has always been my mom. My mom has always been there for me um, through all the good times and all the bad times, and she has been my rock to go to. I call her whenever I'm going through anything, and she's really been my best friend. She was my mom and a great mom for years. She was a school social work technician, and um, she's always been objective with me about things, which I appreciate about her. And she lives about three miles down the road from me, and I'm very grateful for that. But um, I think having a mom who's that big of a role model for a kid is awesome. Talk in the microphone. Sorry. <laughs> I like bossing you around. Yeah, you usually do. Your mom's a pretty cool lady. And my mom is awesome. She's pretty funny. So on this Mother's Day weekend, I'm excited to celebrate her. Yeah. In fact, that's a good thing to do. Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. I'm going to give a couple of extra ones. One for my mom um, and one for my daughter and also one for Melissa. And to you, Becky. Happy Mother's Day. You're a fantastic Thank you. Mom. Thank you, Brian. All right. So I want to ask you... Um, in the last two years since COVID, what has been some of the learnings you've gotten as a school teacher? What did you like? What do you guys go through? Because I think it'd be just terrifying to be a teacher today. I don't know why. Uh, the last never couple of years with COVID was, I think any educator would tell you, was not a fun experience. Um, having to wear masks all the time um, on top of uh, face shields 
wasn't the way to, to, to do education, nor should education be done for most kids virtually, in my opinion. We found out real quickly um, when we went virtually in our district uh, how our students really, I think, fell off the, the wagon as far as paying attention and, and being online. They didn't always show up for Zoom meetings and having to give feedback through a Google Classroom and through Zoom meetings and then having to um, virtually turn in work and send back work was time-consuming. And the kids missed those face-to-face relationships with their school teacher. And really, there's a lot of relationships that develop within the classroom when kids are coming face-to-face that being virtual doesn't really promote yeah, well, have you noticed, what have you noticed in the kids since COVID regarding their temperament, their mental health? Have you seen any changes? Yes, actually, since COVID, um, at least what I've seen personally is a huge drop off in motivation. Uh, the first probably um, 30, 29 years, uh, kids were, for the most part, coming to school. Mo- most kids were on track. Most kids were passing classes. And since COVID, uh, we've seen a huge drop off in that motivation. We have a lot more absenteeism with our students and uh, just a lot more failures and acceptance of failure in classes. And I've seen far less parental involvement as well, sadly. Um, so I'm not sure what the answer is for that. We're trying to do everything we can, at least in our district, to get kids motivated. But it, it's tough. Um, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, there, there just seems to be a, an apathy when it comes to, you know, do, A, doing quality work, and B, turning work in. Um, and and well, I'm not say, sure there's a fix. Now, I don't have any kids in school any longer other than Dawson's in college, but I have no, no kids at that age level. What would you say to the parents out there who have children who are in elementary, middle school, or high school? Like, What can they do to get their kids more involved, more motivated, increase, uh, decrease absenteeism, and things like that? Well, personally, from my experience for this many years teaching, parents have to be involved in their child's educational system. Um, they have to connect with their child's teachers and they have to set a foundation from the beginning that getting an education is very important and supporting what their kids are doing by showing up, uh, showing up for activities and showing up for parent meetings and emailing with back and forth between teachers. Uh, I'm, I have seen a huge drop off in parental involvement and it's been disappointing for me because I will make a lot of phone calls home and oftentimes I can't get a hold of a parent or the phone number is no longer in existence. It's very difficult to get them in to come in for a face-to-face meeting regarding their child. Uh, we do have great parents out there. I, I don't want to ignore that fact. It just seems like the percentage of parental involvement has decreased, especially over the last couple of years. I don't. So maybe this helicopter parenting wasn't such a bad thing. We always talk about <laughs> helicopter parents. Maybe we need you back, all you helicopter parents. I can't even. I can't imagine. It's a job teaching or daycare or anything like that. When you involve a bunch of kids in a room, kids are assholes. <laughs> 
<laughs> when they're all together, man, I'm sorry. I mean, uh, they're just, uh, I, I couldn't do your job, man. I mean, and as you know, Becky was like, I don't know why you want me on the podcast. I'm like, because the podcast is extraordinary people, do, or uh, ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And I think for most of us, we can agree the vast majority of the teachers are out there doing extraordinary things, things I could never do, nor would I ever want to do. So, uh, I, middle schoolers are definitely a handful, but <laughs> I do have a soft spot for them. They are, they are in the middle for sure. They're between um, elementary and adulthood. So they struggle. They struggle with hormones and emotions and mental health, but they are quirky and funny. And, and I have loved most of them along the way, but it doesn't come without its challenges. That's for sure. And sometimes the challenge is just getting through your lesson without a an interruption for a bathroom break, a pencil, uh, going to your locker, having to go to the office, needing to call home. Um, with any given 45-minute period, you're getting all kinds of interruptions while you're trying to teach, which is is a struggle. Um, but I enjoy them. I, I do enjoy them. Well, you can't call them assholes like I do. Well, I can't. You can. <laughs> um, I probably have, just probably wouldn't do it on this. No, I don't think so either. I can do it. It's my mm -hmm. podcast. All right. All right. This is a tough question I ask everybody. Beth, you're knocking all my stuff over here. What are you doing? Jeez. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you don't have I'm to answer this question, but the question I'll ask is, what's the most difficult thing you have gone through in your life? Because, you know, when I think we think of teachers, and I remember as a kid, now, now that I've gotten to know so many teachers and I've gotten to, you know, be able to consult and coach some academies around the country and working with principals and superintendents and teachers, it's like, you're just ordinary people. You know, when you're a kid, you look at a teacher, there's a there's a de definitely divided line between you and a teacher. You put them on a certain pedestal. You don't see them as – you don't picture them at home drinking a beer, up to cry. I, I picture you drinking a beer, but, um, <laughs> you know, you don't think of them crying or having social lives. So um, – but you do. You obviously do. You're just a normal person just doing extraordinary things. So what's the most difficult thing you've gone through as a human being on this planet or one of them? And then how did you overcome those that challenge? Um, I'm just going to talk about one. I, I've had a few difficult periods, and I think anybody at our age has definitely gone through several difficult experiences in their lives. And I'm a firm believer that our hard experiences are what grow us and help us to help others and have compassion for other people and be a little bit less judgmental um, because of the circumstances we find ourselves in. But one of the most memorable hard experiences for me was losing my grandfather when I was 32. He and I shared the same birth date, and he was like having a second father to me. And it really threw me through a spiritual loop because I grew up in a Christian household going to church and hadn't really experienced death. And so when he passed away, and, and he had a great life, he was 83, but when he passed away, it kind of put me in a spiritual loop. Um, the finality of it made me question uh, where I was at in my faith. And so I did a lot of diving into religious books and doing some um, history checking and found myself in love with apologetics, which apologetics, for those that aren't familiar with the term, it's really books that confirm um, authentic things that have happened in Christianity, things that can be proven to be true and not just faith-based. So one of the books that I found for me was very helpful, and it was called A Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. 
And I needed that um, to confirm my faith again. Um, I also went into studying some other religions and um, finding out more about those religions and why other people had different beliefs than what I was brought up with. So I think that his death actually gave me some time to really get grounded in what I believed in and understand why I believed in uh, Christ and and confirm my Christianity. But it was a hard time. Um, I was in a tailspin of not knowing what I what I believed for about a, a year to a year and a half. And for me, that felt scary. I think you lent me that book. I did. I don't think you've read it, though. <laughs> I have not read it. <laughs> I have not read it yet. But I, I do. I will read it, I promise you. Yeah, okay. I, I know you, you guys, and I'm, I'm going to share this on the audience for the audience. Becky hasn't shared it yet, but over the past 18 months, and uh, they've lost several members of their family. Becky's father, Becky's grandmother, Todd, uh, grandmother, and Todd's father recently passed away uh, two weeks ago today, I believe. Yeah. And in the meantime, she lost a close friend. Um, over that time frame as well. So they've really been going through a lot of challenges uh, recently. And and it's just an honor to be down here with them because we were able to sit last night at a little local bar and, and the three of us sat there and talked and there were some tears shed and we got to come home last night and continue the conversation. And uh, just uh, it's an honor to share my life with these people. I'm giving her a hug right now. I don't hug her very often. Oh, it's so. an honor to have you in our lives too, Brian. <laughs> yeah, we you, love you. you. Had, she had to say that. So. <laughs> All right. So now a school teacher, wife, uh, mother, all these great credentials. What's a win for you in life as a school teacher or as a parent or as a wife or just as a human? What's a win for you? What do you consider a victory? I truly consider a victory having my kids grow up to be um, good people, productive people that have compassion and kindness for others. That is the biggest win for me and watching them make good decisions and also watching them struggle through bad ones. But to me, when you're raising two lives, the outcome is so important and it's such a huge, huge responsibility. So honestly, that would be the big win for me is I have a 26 year old, 23 year old. So, you know, I'm seeing some of the fruits of your labor and raising kids and wondering where they're going to be and how they're going to turn out is, is incredibly rewarding. So I hope they continue on, on a great path. Uh, I think they've got a good start. That's for sure. And I think this house needs some grandkids in the next 10 years. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready to be a grandma. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're born to be a grandma. All right. This is my favorite question. And, and, we're going to take, I'm going to bring up my time machine when we're done today with today's podcast. We're going to go back to when you were 22 years old, or you can pick a time, but I'm, I'm going to pick 22. And you can, if you don't like this, and you got out of college, you had met Todd, you were deciding what to go, your education or probation or what was it? Uh, juvenile delinquency. Uh, that would have been a good one for us. You could have, we could have used your services back in the day. So Becky doesn't even remember me in college, and I remember her. Yes, I do. You do not. You I remember, do, too. You remember me as the college, the rugby player who had a daughter. That's how you remember me. Okay, but I remembered you. Well. I, I, felt, I felt bad for you to be that young with a kid. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that one, Ashley? Ashley's my daughter, by the way, for the Bamboo Pack. So she's now 36 years old and married to an amazing man, Chris, and has a little boy who has my whole heart in his hands, mm. little Jack Musselman, who is in 22 months. Well, you talk about good parenting. You've raised two amazing kids, so. Yeah, they're not bad. Thank you. Your kids are awesome. They're not bad. Okay, we're going to go back to that time frame. 
you're going to sit down with your 22-year-old self and you're going to give yourself some life direction, some advice, some recipes for success. What would you tell that young little Becky Heidi? That young Becky Heidi would be told, quit worrying about what everybody else thinks. That would probably be my biggest statement. Um, My younger years, I was filled with a lot of insecurity and I was a people pleaser and I felt like if I can just be the best person to everybody, then everybody will like me. And along the way, I found out that's just simply not true. And you cannot be somebody that is responsible for an entire relationship. Relationships are two-way streets. And so to my younger self, I would say, it's okay if people don't like you. And it doesn't matter what anyone thinks. You have to be the best version of yourself. And make your own choices in life, and hopefully they're good choices. But to be consumed with what everyone else is thinking is not going to build anyone's confidence. So I teach a leadership class at school, and we talk about that quite a bit. And really, it's about defining yourself and living by your own boundaries for yourself and not somebody else's standards for you and uh, not comparing yourself to anybody else either. Your life is yours. So, um, you, you compare yourself to where you've been, to where you are and where you want to go. And that's what we discuss a lot in my classroom with my students. And, um, I've taken that lesson to heart as well. So I really just kind of focus on the things I want to get better at in my own life and not worry about everybody else. Um, and I guess that's my best advice is be confident in who you are know your own boundaries and don't worry so much about what other people think. It's not their lives to live. I don't even have to recap that. You just recapped it perfectly. Thanks. But she's a bit of a people pleaser still. So she makes me breakfast every time I'm here. She always gets my coffee for me, offers to do my laundry. Yeah. But if you make me mad, I spit in it. Well, uh, you just didn't know that. I wish you would have told me that before I took my last drink. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) And I think what you just said is so profound because one of the things I always taught my children is if you die and half the world loves you and half the world hates you, you've stood for something. If you're constantly looking for everybody to love you, then you're, you know, try to please everyone, you please no one. And you certainly don't please yourself. So don't worry about what other people think. Define yourself and set your own boundaries. I think that's going to be a good title today. Very true. Now, this is a funny part. What's next for you? (laughs) Well, I know you and I have discussed this, but, um, well, I actually can retire after another year of teaching. So I have one more officially that I need to do. And if I choose to retire after next year, um, I think I just might become a bartender. (laughs) I'm a people person and, you know, pouring beer for people and talking to them over a, a bar counter would be fun to me. And it's, it's kind of mindless. And when I'm done, I'm done. And I can go home and um, enjoy my house and not have papers to correct. So I I just think it would be a good time. And I think I'll maybe get started this summer and try it out a couple times a week and see how I feel about it. But um, I do I do have an interesting story about that. So so years ago, we um, were piloting a program for our students at the middle school called career cruising. And we had to take a survey, as the students did, about what jobs would be best for their personalities. And so you go through a series of questions. And at the end, the computer program pops up with your top 10 jobs that your personality would be most suited to. Uh, 
And my top two after I got done were number one, clergy, and number two, bartender. So I thought that was rather hilarious um, that it came up that way. And so I figured maybe I could give some good advice while I'm pouring beer. I think that's perfect. Well, I definitely you see enough teachers on the other side of the bar. It's going to be seen when actually pouring the drinks instead of downing the drinks, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I might take a sip here and there, but. I'm getting free beer when I come. I know that. <laughs> all right. I mean, we're getting ready to wrap up and this was a great podcast, but I, I didn't ask all the questions I could have asked you. Um, is there any question that you wish I would have asked you or any final note you want to leave with the Bamboo Pack audience today? Um, I think one of the best phrases in my life, my mom has always given me. And when you're going through a tough time, my mom would always tell me this too shall pass. And she's so right because in life, uh, good times don't last forever and neither do bad times. And so when you find yourself in a hole, uh, know that it's, it's going to pass. I love that. I love that. So I'm going to hug you, give you a hug. Okay. I haven't showered yet today, folks. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I kind of can tell. <laughs> so I just want to recap some of the things that Becky shared with us today. Um, that I think all of you think about all of you right now, if you're going through any struggles, strifes, troubles, challenges um, right now, think about just some of the basic advice that is so profound and has been with us for eternity. Quit worrying about what other people think, man. Set your own boundaries, your own standards, define yourself. Um, and whatever you're going through right now, it's going to pass. And the good stuff is going to pass. The bad stuff is going to pass. Don't ever get too wrapped up in the victories you have in life or never get too wrapped up in the sorrows of life. It's all going to, the pendulum always swings, continues to swing. And hopefully it does kind of land in the middle a little bit and you get regulated a bit, but there's always going to be highs and there are always going to be lows. And this family has definitely gone through a lot of challenges over the past 18 months. So um, it's it's just, it's wonderful to see their strength and, and their relationship that survives. She and Todd get, get stronger during this time as their kids get stronger during this time. So... This was a short podcast because she's got to go somewhere at one o'clock. So she didn't give me a lot of time this morning to shoot this podcast with her. But I just want to tell you, I love you. I love you too. And it's been an honor. Thank you for being such an amazing guest on the Bamboo Lab podcast. Well, thank you for having me on. I enjoyed doing it. I was you are freaking my, out, but I enjoyed it. Thank you. <laughs> well, you are the second school teacher I've ever I've had on here in the first school Wait, teacher. I was in the first? Nope. That's not very nice. Brother, Jesuit brother Jim Boynton was the first one. He is the president of the University of Detroit um, uh, Jesuit High School and Academy. And his podcast right now is the reigning podcast for downloads on this podcast. His, his episode is the reigning wow. winner. Well, yeah, dude, that one right. took off, man. So anyway, everybody, thank you for tuning in this week. You're probably going to have me alone next week as we're still ordering new equipment um, to do these podcasts, these remote podcasts, with a little more quality of, uh, of audio. But... I'll see you in a few days. In the meantime, get out there and sculpt your life. Remember, man, this is your only journey you got. You got one shot at this. Get out there. Set your own boundaries. Define yourself. Don't worry about what other people think. Just get out there, man, and strive to give and be your best every day. Show love and respect to others, but also don't forget to show it to yourself. And get out there. By all means, live intentionally, man. Enjoy the moments. I love you all, and I appreciate each and every single one of you.